and welcome to the ETOF 2 on Sports Podcast for July 21st. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 2 on Sports. We have a phenomenal show lined up for you today. Unfortunately, Brandon is on vacation. So no Brandon today. He's living the good life in California, but he's going to be on the ETOF 2 on Sports show this Tuesday talking some AFC North. Nick is going to come on. He's going to talk some Steelers and Lions in terms of fantasy. And as always, Jim is going to have the CFL bets to lock in. But before we jump into all that, I need to talk about the NBA and Draymond Green. It's always funny to me. Like, right now is kind of the lull. We don't know what's going to happen with Lillard. Heat fans are absolutely positively delusional with the trade they're trying to send for Lillard. Cat, uh, I think, is going to be on the move. We really don't know what's going to happen with Cat. So there's kind of a lull. Now, all this Draymond Green stuff's coming out. No relationship with Kaminga. Chris Paul and I don't get along. The Horde Jordan Poole stuff. The whole run of the NBA right now is who? Draymond Green. And I will say this. If there was for no Draymond Green, this would be the most love Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole would be getting this love, excuse me. People are talking so much about Jordan Poole, a rotational player that sucks in my eyes. And I'm sorry if you think Jordan Poole is a star in the NBA. You obviously don't know basketball in my eyes. But that's a whole different story. And Draymond Green is giving this guy pub. His dad's tweeting at him. Just just kind of fucking funny to me. But anyway, like I said, we have a great show for you today. In terms of NASCAR, I will give those to you at the end of the podcast. What Brandon and I are betting. But let's jump right into it and let's welcome... Nick to the show to talk some fantasy football. We've reached a part in the podcast where we're talking some fantasy football, and who better to come on than Nick, aka at NAA Fantasy. Nick, how you doing today, my man? Great, Eric. How are you doing? Good, good, good. We are going to be continuing our breakdowns of our team by team breakdown of the NFL today. We're talking the Pittsburgh Steelers and my Detroit Lions. We're going to start off with the Steelers. Nick, we talk about it all the time. Your one to your two jumps we look for in a quarterback. Do you feel Pickett's going to have that jump this year? I mean, I think he'll have a little bit of improvement, but not significant enough to make a major fantasy impact. I mean, they did make some offensive line improvements, uh, but I just don't think he's going to take that big leap forward to be a you know an elite quarterback Pickett is currently adp 144 quarterback 22 that means he's right on that line of a two quarterback leagues what are your thoughts for him for fantasy you know he actually does have a little bit of value with his legs he did run for 237 and three touchdowns last year you know I, I still believe he'll continue with his below average passing numbers um, that he had this past season. Uh, he, you know, he could be a bottom end QB two and two quarterback leagues if you're desperate, but you know, he's not really a guy I'm going to be looking to uh, draft as my second quarterback unless I'm desperate. The Steelers made some upgrades in the offensive line, as you mentioned, drafting Jones and signing Samalo to anchor the left side of the line. Do you think we're going to see Harris return to that form where it was an RB10? Because he really disappointed last year because of that injury. Yeah, I I believe he can finish right around the top 10 again this year, uh, get back to that point. Um, You know, the the offensive line is improved. 
the defense should be able to keep them in games, thus lending the game flow to be more favorable for Harris uh, this year. Jalen Warren broke onto the scene with Harris dealing with injuries. Do you think we'll see his decline drop with Harris projected to be healthier this season? Yeah, I mean, if Harris is healthy, I would expect a swift decline in, in Warren's usage. I mean, he looked good late last year, but Harris is a guy when he's healthy. Now, there's debate going on in the industry about the quarterback, excuse me, the wide receiver position with the Steelers. Everyone is saying that George Pickens is in line for a huge season. Which wide receiver are you looking to be invested in, Deontay Johnson or George Pickens? I actually like Deontay Johnson more. Uh, he actually out-targeted Pickens 120 to 63 in games that Pickett played. And if you look at it, weeks 12 through 18, Johnson had no less than seven targets in a game. And in weeks 10 through 18, Pickens had no more than six targets in a game. Johnson also led them in red zone targets as well. Currently, Johnson is wide receiver 33 and Pickens is wide receiver 34. But for me, it's it's not even close. Now, they brought in another wide receiver, Allen Robinson. What are you expecting from him? Uh, my expectations are low for A-Rob. I mean, he just seems to have lost a step in the last couple of years. And he could easily find himself as the last option on the field behind Johnson, Pickens, Harris, and Friar Muth, to be honest, in my opinion. In terms of the tight end position, we have Firemuth, and they drafted Johnson, excuse me, they drafted Washington, the rookie from Georgia. Any interest in those guys? You know, I like Firemuth to finish around the 8 to 10 range among tight ends this year. Um, you know, if you wait on tight ends like I do in the draft, he's a viable option. Uh, he had 98 targets last year and 732 yards receiving, but only two touchdowns. Uh, I think he's due to score more this year. Uh, which will make him an easy top 10 tight end this year. And for Washington, the rookie, he is a really receiving option, you know, maybe good for a couple of touchdowns, but he's more of a blocking tight end. So in terms of targets, um, for me, it's Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris. Those are only two people I'm looking to target. How about you? Yeah. Uh, you know, I agree with the, both of those. And then, you know, like I said, I, I wait on tight ends. So, you know, in certain situations, I think Friermuth Fryer is a good pickup if you if you wait in later rounds to, to go after the tight end position. Now let's shift our attention over to my Detroit Lions. We're going to start with Jared Goff. Goff finished his quarterback 10 last season. He's currently eight. He's, he's currently quarterback 16 this season. What are your thoughts on him? You know, what a great season for Goff last year. I mean, it seems like he found his home in Detroit. Um, I actually have him higher than QB 16. I have him more around QB 12 or 13. Uh, I'm higher on Goff than, you know, Anthony Richardson, Geno Smith, even Danny Dimes, uh, you know, who they're currently ranked in front of him. But I think he's going to have a better year. And one thing to note is that Goff had 29 passing touchdowns and only seven interceptions last year. And that's with Jamal Williams scoring 17 rushing touchdowns and Swift scoring five rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I see no reason why Goff can't be knocking on the door of the top 10 fantasy QBs again this year. And he currently has the seventh easiest schedule for quarterbacks next season. Yeah, Goff's kind of a little bit of a sneaky play. Um, now, in term, because 
they do throw the ball more than people think St. Brown's going to get his, um, you know, I kind of, you know, I kind of think he could be a, could be a dude to watch. Now the lions shocked. Now the lions shocked some people this season in the, sorry, the lions shocked some people trading Swift, not re-signing Williams, drafting Gibbs and signing Montgomery from the bears. What are your thoughts on this backfield with Gibbs and Montgomery? Yeah, Gibbs, you know, he's a younger, faster Swift. uh, And people don't realize how good David Montgomery actually is. I mean, his production in fantasy for his career, uh, he was in his first year, he was RB21, missing one game. Second year, RB20, missing three games. Third year, RB6. Fourth year, RB22. But you also have to look at, think of the coaching that he had and the offensive line he dealt with, with those, with those years. I mean, those are impressive numbers. And I really think Montgomery's going to have a monster season in Detroit. Now he was, and as I mentioned this, we talked about Montgomery uh, and the lions in the ETOP two one sports show when we were previewed in the NFC North. Um, Montgomery finished as why, sorry, running back six with Matt Nagy as his coach. <laughs> yeah. Kind of mind-boggling. Exactly. I know. And the, that you hit the, the offensive line was awful. In the wide receiving room, we have St. Brown, Williamson, suspended six games, Josh Reynolds, Marvin Jones. Who are we targeting here? I mean, as I've mentioned multiple times before, I love Amon Ra, St. Brown, uh, especially in PPR formats. The design of the Lions offense is to get, you know, the ball out of Goff's hand as fast as possible and in the middle of the field. And that's why, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown is producing so much and is going to produce so much and get his targets. Um, you know, also another thing is Laparta, the tight end, could get some production as well, but it's not going to top TJ Hawkinson's year from last year. Hawk averaged 12.21 points in PPR formats. But one of those games, he did score just under 40 points. So take that out. You know, he really only averaged 7.6 points per game. And that's kind of Laparta's ceiling this year. Um, Jameson Williams is, uh, you know, he's a field stretcher. But because the Lions don't press down the field that much, you don't really want him in games, um, you know, unless they have a, unless they're playing against a poor secondary. So he's more of a, uh, DFS play, uh, especially against somebody like maybe the Vikings. Whose secondary sucks. So <laughs> basically a team whose secondary sucks and doesn't have guys that can get to the quarterback. That's what we want to target. You mentioned Laparta, ADP 164, tight end 19. What are your thoughts on him? You know, he's a situational DFS play against a defense that, you know, is bad against the tight end, you know, if he has a good matchup and I really don't see him other than a desperation by week pickup with a good matchup or, you know, a situational DFS play in my opinion. Now, Nick, I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your schedule before you get into that. Is there anyone from the lions that you're looking to target? I know for me, obviously Montgomery's number one for me. I really feel Montgomery could be an RB 15 at the end of the season with the O-line and the coaching upgrade he's going to get. St. Brown is St. Brown. Look, I 
if I have a chance to get him in the third round, I'm going to take him just because, like you mentioned, how the offense filters to the middle of the field. Those two are it for me. Maybe Goff if, like, I don't get Watson in the sixth round, seventh round. What about you? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. I love Montgomery this year. I love St. Brown. I'm I'm going after St. Brown if I can get him. Um, and then Goff is that sneaky possible right around top 10 quarterback that, you know, if you wait on a quarterback or miss out on a couple of ones you were going for before that, you know, I like him ahead of a few other guys that are ranked ahead of him right now. So mm-hmm. I, I'm with him on a sneaky, sneaky QB play there. Now, real quickly, is there anybody like Jamison Williamson, like take a flyer on him, like best ball, or is he in your eyes? Because you mentioned he's just a DFS play. If he just straight, just not worth it drafting. I mean, if, if people overlook him because he's suspended for six games, um, which could easily happen, um, you know, if you want to get him in the last round of your draft, if people just completely overlook it, uh, or, you know, even let's say you screwed up at the end of your draft and you want to quickly go back and hit the waiver wire and pick him up, I mean, you can take a flyer on him. But again, you, you have to weigh out the options that he's going to miss six games. So you're, you can't do anything with him. Nick, I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day coming on to the podcast. We'll be back next week. We are going to be doing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Seattle Seahawks. Nick, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? You can find me at NAA Fantasy on Twitter. Thanks for coming on, my friend, and we'll talk next week. Thanks again, Eric. That was my boy Nick, a.k.a. at NAA Fantasy. Make sure to give him a follow. Now let's shift our attention over to some CFL. We have reached the part of the podcast we're going to be talking some CFL. And who better than come on than not XFL Jim, not USFL Jim, CFL Jim. Mm-hmm. How are you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. It's been a crazy season of betting CFL so far. I feel like out of all the leagues I bet, the CFL is usually the hardest to get a read on because there's just chaos. And things change week in and wake up. Week in and week out. It's the League of Chaos. That's what the C stands for. And it just comes up to whoever doesn't fuck up the most. I mean, at the end of the day, who fucks up, who's the last team to fuck up will lose and not cover. Yeah. It's never Um, about who does the best. It's about who fucks up the least. I guess you could say that in a lot of leagues, but it's really true with the CFL. Now, we're talking week six, obviously – we're not going to cover the Thursday night game because this is coming out Thursday night, Friday morning. We're going to start Friday evening. The Toronto Argonauts are laying seven and a half against the Hamilton Tiger Cats over under a 50. What say you, my friend? Oh, God, I hate this game so much. I hate it so much. I hate it so much because Toronto typically likes to beat the shit out of Hamilton, especially when Hamilton's bad like this. But man, it's a hateful, it's a hate filled rivalry. I don't want to touch it personally. I would maybe take Toronto's team total over, but maybe a small lean towards Hamilton plus the points, especially if it gets up to eight, I would probably take him to cover, but their starting quarterback just got knocked out for the whole, like for most of the season. But we've seen it before, like that uptick, that first game when you have a replacement come in, we saw it with Ottawa 
this past week when they rallied against Winnipeg, maybe true, but you didn't see it with Hamilton two weeks ago. You when we thought that when we thought it would happen. But two weeks ago is like half a half a month ago. But that was also like they had a new quarterback coming in. That's true. That's true. Um, but also when I understand Toronto's undefeated, but they haven't lost yet against the spread. They're perfect ATS. There has to come a point where there's value created on the other side. I think I agree with you. If this gets to eight, I'm going to be on the Hamilton Hamilton Tiger Cats because let's let's just call it what it is. Toronto, there is no way in hell they should have covered that game last night. Last week. Not no, no, they shouldn't. Have. And they did. So hopefully we can get it back. I'm rocking the Tiger Cats. I'm gonna take the plus the eight. Uh Jim, same way. I'll take Toronto's team total. I'll maybe think about the over. And then if it gets to eight, I'll be taking Hamilton. I don't want to touch the seven and a half personally. A lot of weird games, a lot of, a lot of big spreads this week, which makes it a little bit tough. Uh next game. Saturday, we're going to stop, drop, shut them down, open up shut. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders against the BC Lions. BC's laying a robust 10 over under 45 and a half. What say you, my friend? Another team lost their starting quarterback. It's Mason Finan for the Rough Riders. This is getting his first start of the season, I believe, against the Lions, who have looked like the second best team in the whole league. I honestly still think they look like the best. They just played a really shit game against Toronto. Um, I don't want to touch it. I really don't want to. I mean, I like the over 45 and a half. I think BC can score. And I do think if Mason fine can like heat up, I think they can score on BC and kind of try and keep up with them. So I'm going to dabble with the over 45 and a half. I will take BC's team total over. Don't really care what the number is. And I don't want to touch this spread with a 10 foot pole. 10 is a lot. 10 is a lot. I, I would lean towards BC, small lean towards BC at the minus 10, but I do not want to touch it. Jim, on my podcast, we don't have to give out plays if we have none. So if you want to pass, dude, you could. It's a lean. It's a lean. Like I, I, I don't hate BC minus ten. I could be talked into it. But the only things I like are the over forty-five and a half and the um, BC's team total. I'm gonna pass. I want nothing, absolutely nothing, to do with this game. Nothing in hell to do with this game. Now, last game, Ottawa Red Blacks against the Calgary Stampeders. I'm going to say this. How the hell did Ottawa win that goddamn game against Winnipeg? Magic and Winnipeg's magic. Maybe Winnipeg's, like, big bullshit magic has finally worn off. I mean, that was just absolutely insane. Um, In terms of this game, look, this is where you have to shop around. I'm looking at one one place as as the Hamilton at eight and a half. So I, you and I would both be interested in that. The book, we're looking at bet online. I'm seeing a four and a half, but it's one shop here. I'm seeing a three and a half. I want to bet Calgary here, but like three is my, three is my buy-in point. Yeah. So I'm either going to wait till it gets to three or I'm going to bet it live, but I'm going to be all on the Stampeders. And if I don't get an opportunity to bet them live at a better price, I'm just not going to bet it. I'm kind of on the under this game. Um, also, if Ottawa somehow gets the over and if Ottawa wins this game, I would not be surprised if the Red Blacks can go on a little bit of like a momentum run here in like okay. the, the middle part of the season. Now, 
let's just review our the quarterback plays atrocious though. So like, I don't trust him to sustain anything. <laughs> and I mean, a team like Calgary winning with margin is going to be tough, but Crum just got his first win. He wasn't ultra perfect, ultra impressive. That's why I think that's why I kind of like Calgary here, even though it requires winning by margin. So for me, it's Calgary minus the points Wait for the three or Venom live tiger cats. You can get an eight and a half at a different shop. Tiger cats plus the eight and a half Jimbo. What are your bets this week, buddy? Uh, obviously, now that we have that, Tiger Cats plus the eight and a half is a play. Uh, I like the over in that game. I like the over 50, honestly. Mm-hmm. I like Toronto's team total over. I like BC's team total over, and I like the over 45 and a half, and I like the under in the Red Blacks and Stampeders game. Now, we're going to do a new weekly segment here. We're going to do power rankings. Number nine. I mean, I think uh, it's, it's Edmonton. Yeah, it's Edmonton easily. Uh, number eight. Probably Saskatchewan. You're going Saskatchewan. I'm gonna Dude, go I don't know. I'm still sour from two weeks ago when they barely beat Edmonton. Barely. So would it surprise you? So Ottawa's point differential is four. Guess yeah. what the Tiger Cats point differential is for the season? Was it like negative four? Yeah, negative four for the Tiger Cats. Yeah, they're also no, like one of the bottom half team. Excuse me, excuse me, for Ottawa. For the Tiger Cats, they're a negative 49. They're bad. They're really bad. I think negative. Hamilton's like a bottom four team. A negative 49. Guess what? Guess what Edmonton is? Uh, negative 76. I don't fucking know, dude. Close, close, 66. Jesus, they're so bad. All right, so let's let, all right, so nine, Edmonton, eight. You're going Saskatchewan. I'm going, you know what? I'm going to go actually, now I'm going to go Ottawa. Um, seven, you got Ottawa. All right, seven, I'm going Hamilton. Six, Hamilton. I'm going Calgary. Five. Calgary. I'm going Saskatchewan. We just kind of had them in different orders. <laughs> Four. Uh, Probably Montreal. Yep. Three. This is tough. It's Winnipeg. I'm going Winnipeg, too. Two. Uh, it's BC. It's got to be BC. It's got to be Toronto at top. I mean, I still think... If they rematch next week, I think BC wins. But I think Toronto... I mean, Toronto's at a plus 59 this season of scoring. BC 15... Six INTs is like a weird outlier of a fucking game. Yes. So when do, when do those guys play again? Let's take a look-see, shall we? Let's take a look-see. When do look-see. these bad boys play again? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. It's probably not. It's not for a while. Because they're not in the same division. They will not play again until... Oh, my God, dude. They don't play again. That's it. That's it. That's the one time they play. They put... How? No. No fucking way is that... How can that be? When you have nine teams and you play a 21-week schedule, how do you... 
how do you, you not play twice at least? Yeah. God damn it, CFL. Just get it together, boys. Just get it fucking together. God damn it. How do you get away with this? Interesting. Jim, I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your night to come on, talk some CFL, share the bets with you, the people. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, my friend? You can find me everywhere at XFL Jim. It's pretty easy. Just search XFL Jim anywhere. I'll come up. I'll pop up. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, my friend. Let's do it. Please give my boy Jim a follow at XFL Jim. Knows his shit. He's going to be doing a CFL watch along. Going to be a must. I'm going to stop by if I can to be a part of that. So please make sure to give Jim a follow at XFL Jim. Now we are going to talk some NASCAR. And unfortunately, Brandon is not here. With Brandon not here, he is on vacation. He is living the good life. But he did send me what he's going to bet. He is going to bet Bush, Hamlin, and Elliott. He's going to take all three of those guys. And also he's going to look at Chris Buescher at plus 175 for a top 10 finish. For me, this is what I'm going to do. I'm taking Harvick over Logano at minus 125. Harvick has the third best average finish here, 8.4 versus Logano's 25th best finish, 19.4. Logano's last 20 races here, three top fives. He was fifth in 2016, fourth in 2015, third in 2014. So you see, it really hasn't been relevant this track in almost 10 years. Last 20 races for Harvick, 11. 11 top 10s, 11 top 10s in just 20 races. Absolute beast at this track. Harvick last season looking for a win. This is one of his better tracks. If he's going to get a win, it could be here. You take out last race here where he obviously got in trouble. There was a crash that cost him positioning. Four, eight, two, one, six. Those are his last five races here if you take out the last one. I absolutely love Harvick over Logano, minus 125. And my last bet, I'm seeing Eric Almarello plus 400 for a top 10 finish. Are you kidding me? Seventh best average finish here at Pocono. Two top 10s last five. This type of track, fourth best average finish, three uh, three top fives last six races. Needs to win to get in. I think he's a little bit undervalued because of the crash that took place. So there you have it. Those are our NASCAR bets. I'm only betting two. I'm not even betting someone to win because odds are rough. Odds are short, and I don't want to play those short odds. So I'm just going to – I found value in the head-to-head in the top ten. Best of luck if you tail those bets. Best of luck in the bets you are tailing in this podcast. Make sure you to give Nick a follow at NAA Fantasy. My boy Jim, a follow at XFL Jim, and Brandon will be back next week. Give him a follow at Boy 83 Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, boys and girls.